Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Showers early tomorrow morning, but ending by midday. Overnight low 66. Sunday's high near 90 degrees. Showers possible midday Monday with a high of 85. Sunny and 82 on Tuesday. Getting warmer as the week drags on. 86 on Wednesday. 90 on Thursday. 92 next Friday. Right now. Sunshine, 70 degrees. I'm Al Shock, Newstalk 830, WCCO. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning from the University of Minnesota by Julie Weisenhorn. Good morning. And, and the abiders and the abiders. Too. I mention that. <laughs> Hi, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. And uh, we're going to ask you about the abi- abiders. Did you have a gig okay. last night? Yeah, um, I got to bed at two. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a great night. We were out at Manitou Grill and Event Center in White Bear Lake. We saw lots of family and friends. So thanks to everyone who came out and to new abiders riders. So thanks. It was really great. I did not answer any gardening questions, though. I was no? surprised no one asked about Japanese beetles. Well, but, you, uh, yeah, we had a great time. You better nap today because I think you have another <laughs> gig tomorrow. We do. We'll be out at the Arboretum for Music in the Garden, and we will be located, if the weather's good, which it sounds like it will be, uh, we'll be at the Ordway Picnic Shelter. And, uh, and so that is just across from the Sensory Garden. We start at one thirty. And is that uh, something as, uh, where people just sit on the lawn and, and enjoy yeah, they actually, it's a nice shaded picnic shelter. It's just a beautiful spot. And there are chairs there, and uh, people need to make a reservation, just as normal, to get into the Arboretum. Uh, of course, there's no charge for members, and I believe it's $15 per adult to get in uh, if you're not a member. But do come out. There's so much going on at the Arboretum. So many beautiful plants are in bloom. We're getting kind of to that middle of the summer when the flowers are just starting to emerge, especially the native flowers, the prairie is gorgeous. And, uh, and so take a look, uh, wander the gardens. They're looking just beautiful. Excellent. That's something to do, even though it's going yeah. to be kind of steamy tomorrow. It, it, it's yeah. going to be a beautiful summer day. So You can always go inside the Oswald Visitor Center and shop at the gift shop or get something to eat in the cafe, too. So All sounds uh, yeah. good. Just well, in, in the meantime, Julie is back answering your lawn or garden questions on our Smart Garden Show. So if you have one of those, call it in or text it in like folks are doing already. 651-461-9226. Again, you can call and chat with Julie. 
or just send uh, Julie a text, whichever is easier. Uh, here's one, Julie, that came in a few minutes ago. Is it <laughs> is it too late to plant hostas? I think you could do that mid-December with these tough critters. <laughs> well, you're almost right. Um, yeah, hostas are one of those really tough plants that just give and give and give and require very little care. So it is not too late to plant hostas. The one uh, caution I would say is be sure to water them well as with any plant that you've just planted because we are in a very warm part of our summer, probably the warmest time of the year. And uh, some people are getting rain, which is great. Uh, We've had a little bit of rain out here in Mound, um, but do be sure to water them and follow your watering guidelines uh, if you happen to have them. Uh, That's kind of just overall in your town or your municipality. So some people are on watering like even days if your house number is an even number. So just be aware of that. But, yes, you can plant your hostas. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's me or if, uh, if it's uh, the weather or if it's just I'm getting lazy. I have never seen such a crop of weeds that pop up every yes. day. Is that yes. a, is it just me or is um, I feel like I weed and then I turn around and look back and they've grown yes. back that quickly. Yeah. It is just the – this is just prime growing weather. It is warm. It is uh, moist out there in some most cases. Uh, it is just a hot time of year, and weeds love this kind of weather. They love it. Wow. All right. Well, I don't feel like the Lone Ranger. Weeding. Then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a texture that says, Help. Picked 115 beetles off my grapes yesterday. I have used powder sprays, bug blaster, even water hose sprayer. Nothing works. They are evil bugs. <laughs> they are talking about the japanese beetle okay yeah so these bugs have been actually around minnesota for quite some time like many many years um but in 2011 we really saw a bumper crop with the populations just started going up so that's almost that's 11 years ago and uh and we are just living with japanese beetles they are not going away some years they may be less uh, prevalent, but other years, like in this case of the texture, they've got quite the population. Some of the things that you can do is absolutely pick those beetles off. I know that sounds like a lot of work, but, um, but it is really one of the best ways a homeowner can manage the beetles. And you can uh, go out in the morning, uh, grab a cup of coffee and your bucket of soapy water, and knock those beetles into that soapy water. Uh, And do it in the evening, too, when you get home. I know, again, that sounds like a lot of time. But the more beetles that you remove from your plants, the less damage there will be. And and that damage, the feeding and the damage caused by the beetles actually attracts more beetles to your yard. So if you let it get out of control, you're going to have a higher population feeding on your plants. And like the uh, texture noted, they have grapevines, and grapevines are one of the plants that beetles really, really like. And even though they may um, really decimate the leaves on the grapevines, uh, it really it, it doesn't harm the grapes themselves, the produce that you're that you're producing. So that's a good uh, thing. The beetles do not feed on the grapes themselves, but just the leaves. Unfortunately, they also like a lot of different plants, about 350 plants at last count. So keep picking those beetles. Um, there are things to spray, but ordinarily we find that for homeowners, just hand harvesting the beetles is going to be your best your best way to manage them. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, we got a bunch already here. Here's one that you have to help me with this, Julie. I would okay. like to relate it. Is it a, a panicle hydrangea? A panicle hydrangea, yeah, the hydrangea panicula. Okay. To help me with this, Julie. I would okay. like to relate it. Is it a, a panicle hydrangea? A panicle hydrangea, yeah, the hydrangea paniculata. Okay. Mm-hmm. They said uh, continue, to continue. It says, I planted it two years ago. When's the best time of year to transplant? To transplant. So two years old, they should still be able to transplant it. Um, whenever you, you transplant a shrub like a panicle hydrangea, you want to dig the, ho- the new hole before you start to dig up the plant. So get the site, the new site all ready, uh, and you want to plant that plant at the same depth that you planted it before. And you ca- I would suggest waiting until the weather cools down just because right now to transplant uh, a shrub would be quite stressful on the shrub. And unless you have a, an issue with, you know, access where it's blocking your access to something or you're moving and you want to take it with you, uh, something to that effect, or if you're doing a construction project, I would wait until the weather is cooler. So August, early September, and then uh, move the plant and water it very well. And we have a great page called Water Wisely on our extension site that talks about and gives really specific guidelines on how much to water uh, newly planted plants, uh, trees and shrubs in particular, and then also how to water established trees and shrubs as well. So take a look at that, and that will give you some good guidelines for uh, keeping up on the water. And you're going to need to water it probably every day, especially uh, up until the freeze, because unless you get rain. So, uh, so these dry conditions are tough, but I would wait maybe a month or so before you move it. All right. Very good. Let's take a quick break, Julie. Uh, I want to invite our listeners to uh, call in or text in their lawn or garden question by this number, 651-461-9226. It's Saturday the 9th of July here in the midst of a Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show on this Saturday morning. We're here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on WCCO, welcoming your phone calls or text messages related to lawns and gardens. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is helping you out this particular morning at 651-461-9226. Oh, boy, we have callers. We have texters, Julie, so I'm going to put you back to work right away. Uh, Nancy, first up, you're calling from Edina, I believe. Thank you, Nancy. What is your uh, question for Julie? Uh, I have a tomato question. I have two patio uh, tomatoes growing in pots. One is celebrity. One is the cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes are doing great. There's strong stocks, everything. Celebrity also growing great, strong stocks. They're about three, four feet tall. I'm getting my cherry tomatoes now, but on the celebrities, there's not even a blossom yet. Is that is that right? <laughs> Ah, uh, boy, that's I, I love the celebrity tomato. We grew that for a grant, and it's one of the uh, a really nice sized tomato and disease resistant. I, I'm guessing that maybe you, um, you might not be getting flowers right now just because of the amount of heat that we've had. Sometimes uh, plants are affected by the air temperature, and if it's above a certain temperature, uh, it the plant will not flower. It just kind of like holds its resources back until things cool down. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that you will start to see flowers 
Um, but uh, the other thing that maybe is required, and these are in containers, is uh, I don't know if you're doing any fertilization, but that those plants need a lot of fertilizer. They just uh, they need it to produce the fruit and flowers. So could be the the air temperature, and then it might also be uh, a little shot of fertilizer might help. The other thing too is making sure that the plant is in full sun for a majority of the day, and uh, and that. Uh, might also help too. Listener says my nine bark bush has powdery mildew on it. Any suggestions? Mm-hmm. Well, powdery mildew is a fungal disease that we see. It is in our environment, so controlling it once you see it is really not practical. It is uh, the spores are everywhere, and weather conditions can make it worse some years than other years. Nine barks are uh, some of the earlier uh, cultivars are notorious for having powdery mildew issues. So right now there's nothing to do about it. In the future, as you prune, you can thin out the canopy of the shrub somewhat. Uh, you can also, if if it's kind of uh, wedged into other shrubs, in other words, if there's not a lot of air circulation within the shrub, you can improve that by pruning and uh and maybe there's some plants nearby that are crowding it that you can move or remove. Um, so those are some of the things that you can do for powdery mildew. But at this point, there's not much to do once it's affected the plant. Choosing Kay. plant re- powdery mildew-resistant varieties is your first step when you're looking for, uh, for plants for your landscape. Let's take another phone call. This one comes from Bill, who is calling in from Blaine, I think, this morning. Bill, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Julie? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Bill from Blaine here. Julie, got a question for you. I've got a Sienna Glen maple tree that I'd planted about four or five years ago, and it's doubled in size. It must be over 20 foot tall now. My problem is is the lower branches have gotten to be a problem where they're literally down to the ground, and then mowing underneath it has become a problem. My question is, does a person dare from those branches at this time of the year, or should I wait till fall? I think right now, Bill, uh, boy, it's, I'm not familiar with that maple, but it sounds like a beautiful tree, and it sounds like you're really caring for it well if it's growing uh, that rapidly. I would suggest that uh, you wait on doing any pruning until the weather cools down. Again, right now, uh, the dry heat is pretty stressful on plants, and we don't want to add to that stress by also then pruning off their branches. If you, uh, it sounds like you could use an arborist. And so I would recommend contacting either your city to see if they have a city arborist who could come out and advise on pruning this tree. Or you can also go to our website and uh, we have a webpage on our trees and shrubs section called How to Hire a Tree Professional. And uh, I know from the tree people that I've worked with that pruning starts when the tree is young because that helps to really guide the form for the tree so it's a healthy, long-lived tree. And our webpage is extension.umn.edu. You can go to Yard and Garden and then Trees and Shrubs, and there's a webpage there on how to hire a tree care professional. But good for you. That sounds like a great tree. That extension site has to be, and I know I'm a little biased, that has to be (laughs) one of the finest in the country. And I'm sure you get feedback about that too, right? We get feedback. Yeah, usually people tell us what's missing, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we hope people are using it. We do see a lot of traffic on it, especially, of course, this time of year. So uh, we, we try to uh, 
try to address the most common issues in Minnesota. We can't hit everything, but we try to do our best. And and people should know, too, that we have a bi-monthly newsletter called uh, Yard and Garden News that you can subscribe to, and you will get some of the more current information uh, that we are seeing as educators out in our landscape. So that's a really great tool. Uh, of course, it's changing all the time. Every year we're writing new articles. And, uh, and then we also have a very uh, he- uh, extensive library of web pages, too. Yeah, extension.umm.edu. We'll mention that Rocks. again, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pete is calling in this morning, Julie, from uh, Otsego, I do believe. Pete, what is your question for Julie? I have a question about uh, trimming a small tree. Two years ago, I planted a catalpa seed. And it's now about four feet tall, but there's uh, limbs coming out in all directions. How do I train it to be a tree, and and when can I cut it? Okay, Uh, like Bill from Blaine, I think I would hold off on uh, doing any pruning until the weather cools down, just to minimize the amount of stress. This heat stress is hard on trees, and then you prune on top of that, and it it can cause some additional stress. The interesting, the, the key to trees is creating a good structure and creating branches that have good form. And we have a web page on that uh, that explains it. You want to look at the diagrams because that is going to show you what branches on a, on a diagram you would prune out. The tree is pretty small right now. You don't want to take too much off of it because you do want it to be photosynthesizing through its leaves and getting more and more strength and energy into the root system. That's the part you really want to develop is that root system. So uh, I kind of think four feet tall, uh, that's a pretty good size, but I, you might want to just hold off a little bit on it. It might be too young and not quite have enough branches to really start pruning. But do read that webpage on pruning trees and shrubs, and that will give you some ideas for what needs to happen as the tree gets bigger. I love catalpa. They're gorgeous trees. They are. Uh, really beautiful. Before we break for weather, Julie, uh, and see what uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week will bring, uh, a, another quick hydrangea uh, question. Our long-established hydrangea plant has not yet flowered this year. Leaves and branches thick and green, but no white flowers. Any suggestions? It could be the timing of your pruning, and we have really worked hard this past spring to create uh, a, not only a web page on pruning hydrangeas, but also a video on pruning hydrangeas. So those can be found on our Trees and Shrubs page as well, and it gives you timing. You have to know the species of the hydrangea. So we have arborescence, which is our smooth hydrangea. We have macrophylla, which is our big leaf hydrangea, and we have panicle hydrangeas like we talked about earlier in the show, and that is um, the pathinculata. So you need to know that, and then you will be able to uh, discern when you should prune it. And it could be that you're pruning off the flower buds, so that might be part of it. But uh, take a look at the video. It's a great video, I have to say. (laughs) Boy, you horticulturists know a lot. (laughs) I think, Denny, you could almost do this show now. No, no, you don't want... You know a lot, too. (laughs) Can I trim it? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) That would be it. Now, listen, we're going to take a break here. We're going to find out what kind of weather the abiders will be playing in tomorrow and the rest of the week, too. So stand by. We have another half hour of our Smart Garden Show to go. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we have some lawn questions coming up, too. 
Here is the number, 651-461-9226. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota on our Smart Garden Show answering any kind of a lawn or garden question you may have. Any kind. Any kind. <laughs> and we get them, too. Uh, here's one, Julie, then we'll grab a couple of phone calls. Uh, the texter planted three bare root trees six weeks ago, one being a brandywine maple. Ninety percent of the leaves are drying up. Soil is heavy clay. No fertilizer used. Tree branches look fine. Will the leaves come back as roots developed? And should I ask uh, add, add rather black dirt to the base of the tree? No to the black dirt. Um, it, there's a lot of questions to ask. Um, probably more than we have time for on this uh, show. Uh, but one of the biggest things that they didn't mention is how they're watering the plant. So uh, I'm going to direct that uh, texture to our Water Wisely for newly, newly planted trees and shrubs that I mentioned a little bit earlier because there's some very specific guidelines to uh, how much water a newly planted tree needs based on the caliper of its stem. So in other words, the width of the stem. And so visit that website. It's under trees and shrubs at extension.umn.edu. As far as the leaves drying up, this is a response, of course, to the transplant. And, boy, six weeks ago, we've had some very tough weather. And this is um, – I'm all for planting trees, but, boy, I would just kind of hold off a little bit until we get some cooler weather. We've got 90s coming, and yes. that can be very difficult for some of our trees. Mulching the base of the plant is helpful for holding in moisture and protecting the roots. Um, it, uh, my other question I would say is how big is the hole that you dug – uh, was this tree a containerized plant? Did it have any stem girdling roots? All of these questions. So um, maybe one of the things this person could do, and I'm going to plug our Ask Extension tool, which is a question and answer email tool that you can find on our website under our Master Gardener section. I would say take some pictures of these plants, uh, any that are looking stressed, and email them in with your question and maybe more specifics on how you've been caring for the plant, and a master gardener can get back to you and, and give you more concrete information than I can give on the show. So that is at extension.umn.edu, and go to our tr yard and garden and trees and shrub section, and just, uh, or I'm uh, not the trees and shrub section, but go to the Ask a Master Gardener, and you'll okay. find the tool there that you can give us some more information. We'll mention that website, of course, before Julie uh, leaves good. us today. Uh, boy, we have callers and texters, too. Let's right. grab another phone call, uh, Julie. Linda, I believe, is still there calling in from Minneapolis. Linda, good morning. What's your question for Julie? Hi. I have five armorillos, the, the big bulbs that bloom oh, one amaryllis. big. Amaryllis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, do I keep watering them? I mean, I thought you're supposed to just leave them alone after they bloom and then they'll die. But I've got green foliage. Do I just keep watering? And am I supposed to fertilize it or what? That's a good question, Linda. Thanks for asking it. Yeah, amaryllis, they're one of my favorite uh, indoor plants. I love them. 
and I have a lot of them. And right now they, as you say, have green leaves. Uh, you should just keep watering them like a normal house plant. You know, just as they get dry, just water them. Make sure the pot is draining really well. And uh, you can set them outside. If you have them in the house right now, move them into a shady spot. They don't, uh, they may uh, get a little sunburned on their leaves if they're in the direct sun at this point. But just move them out and let them grow through the summer if you can put them outside. And then in the fall, uh, before a frost, bring them inside and you want to put them into a cool, dark place, stop watering them and let the foliage just die back naturally and leave it in there for about 12 weeks uh, and then take them out, take them out, put them in a sunny window, start watering them again, and those plants will start to produce uh, uh, buds for you and you'll have your flowering amaryllis again. And we have a great website on amaryllis and has a lot of uh, information about transplanting as well as how to manage this. But that's the key to the amaryllis. Okay. Thinking about the heat we've had and the heat we're going to have, and I'm looking at this text. Our lawn service wants to fertilize. Our lawn is brown. Should we let them? Uh, do not fertilize your lawns right now. Uh, right now, our plant, our grasses are cool season grasses. That's the type that we grow here in Minnesota. And they grow most actively in spring and fall when temperatures are cooler. Right now, in the middle of summer, they are dormant, meaning that they have gone into uh, kind of stopped growing actively or grow very, very little. They look quite brown. They maybe have a kind of a a grayish sheen to the to the green blades and and so they are not actively growing much fertilizing them will push these plants into growth and so we do not want to do that because our grasses are not supposed to grow in the middle of July they're supposed to just be dormant and that is just the nature of our lawns in in uh, Minnesota so do not fertilize them right now Wait until they start to actively grow. You see them green up. Then you can do some fertilization. Fall, as we often say on the show, is the best time to work with your lawns and to fertilize them and treat them and, uh, and take care of them. Also, mow your lawns at a higher level. If you do any mowing, and some lawns may not need any mowing right now, raise your mower to at least three inches, three, three and a half inches, those blades, as small as they are, will protect the crowns of the plants from burning out at times like this. Yeah, so, good point. Uh, yeah, fertilization is not a good idea right now. Just hold off on that. Let's grab a phone call from Tammy, who's calling in this morning from uh, Eden Prairie. Tammy, you're on CCO with Julie. All right, Hi, Tammy. thank you. Good morning, Julie. Good, good morning. morning. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, yes. just great. Okay, great. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Julie. Um, I have a question about last, oh, maybe about 10 days ago, we started noticing little red box elder, I think they're beetle nymphs, yes. um, in multiple yeah. locations in our yard. Um, back, um, we do have a pool back by the pool in the rocks and on our hostas, and they're, they're covering them everywhere. <laughs> and we're not sure we have kids playing back there all the time, so we want to be really careful about how we try to get rid of them. We've heard try dumping them in soapy water, but there's hundreds of them. Okay. And I don't think we have a box elder female tree around, but maybe we do. 
Yeah, I actually got a picture from somebody of that very thing that you're describing, Tammy, and and I was amazed. I have never seen these piles of box elder nymphs. So they look they look really similar to the adults. They're a little bit more orange, and they have a little bit of black on their backs. And you'll sometimes see the adult kind of tending them. So you might see uh, some box elder adults that are familiar, and then you see all these other nymphs. And they are. They're in these masses. Insect populations fluctuate. They co go up and down. Weather has a lot to do with it. Uh, so sometimes we see more of, of these insects and they're more noticeable. Other years they go right by us and we don't even see them. But for some reason this year I've had, the, you're the second person in a week who said I've got these masses of these box elder nymphs. Uh, they're, they're harmless insects. They are probably food for some other animal out there. So we want to be careful and because you have children we certainly don't want to be messing too much with pesticides needlessly. So I would say uh, they're going to dissipate in uh, a short time and they'll go off and, and pupate into adults. Um, the other thing I think you could do is you could take a, a hose and you could kind of wash them off of the leaves of your plants, blast them. That'd probably be the fastest way to at least get them off of your plants and out of sight. Um, it's not going to kill them, uh, but it'll at least kind of move them along. Um, and as far as the box elder tree, the f yeah, they do feed on, the adults feed on uh, the box elders. And uh, they're weedy trees. They're a native maple of Minnesota in the maple family, but they're, they're everywhere. So it may be that you're just not noticing where they are. But yeah, you can look in your yard, and then, of course, your neighbors may have them as well. So, yeah, there's not much to do about the box elders except for just, I, I think a, just a hose with a, you know, a sprayer on it might help. Okay. Let us do this. A quick break is in order. and we come back, we'll uh, take some more phone calls and more text messages here on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, in the Twin Cities at the moment, we have 69 degrees. We are heading today near uh, 85 for a high, but we could be around 91 moment, we have 69 degrees. We are heading today near uh, 85 for a high, but we could be around 91 and a breezy day tomorrow. You stay with us. Again, 60, uh, 69 degrees here at News Talk 830 WCCO. Just a reminder, uh, good morning, by the way. We're going to get uh, into our home improvement show. Andy Lindis will be answering those type of questions coming along next hour. So keep those in mind with our home improvement show on the way with uh, with Andy. In the meantime, our Smart Garden show continues with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those questions, and we have many. Uh, here, here's one that's kind of like if you think of a pirate. It leads off with, Arg. <laughs> ra ra rabbits sh rabbits sheared off my clematis five inches from the ground. Mm -hmm. Will they come back next year? Probably. It'll probably come back fine. But, yeah, those rabbits, they sometimes uh, think they're helping us by pruning for us, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that unfortunately happens. I would screen your plant, definitely. So uh, you can make a nice uh, ring of hardware cloth, sink it down a couple inches in the soil, and protect that plant next year. Is it okay to trim evergreen shrubs now? Yeah, I, you know, again, I just would hold off on, on doing any kind of pruning. If you're just knocking off, uh, like, the ends of the uh, growth, uh, like on a U, 
Yeah, you could probably do that now, but um, and certainly if the branch is interfering with access or you know, kind of an annoyance or something, or it's, or if it's damaged or broken, yeah, you could do that now. But um, anything you can do to keep your plants as stress-free as possible is, is a good idea. Let's grab a phone call before we run out of time. Nelson's calling in from Watertown this morning. Nelson, you're on with Julie. Uh, good morning, uh, Julie and Denny. Uh, uh, about a month ago, I went to the grocery store and bought three packs of seeds and a fresh bag of uh, potting soils. And I dug out three old containers, and I planted some catnip, and I planted some lavender, and I planted some dill. And the catnip and the dill are doing just great, but the lavender hasn't come up. Yeah, lavender, I, I, I'm, you know, Nelson, I have trouble growing lavender from seed. It's, it's a tricky plant. It takes a long time for the seeds to germinate, and, uh, and they're, boy, it's really sketchy. So um, I would just be patient and uh, keep, wa- keep those seeds moist and put them in full sun where they're warm. Um, you might refer back to the seed packet if you still have it and make sure that you followed that because sometimes seeds, like basil seeds, for example, you just barely cover them with soil. They need light actually to germinate. And that might be the case with lavender. I don't have a packet in front of me, so I can't check on that. But be sure that you follow that guideline and plant it at the right depth. So um, otherwise, you know, you might get lavender by fall. (laughs) Sorry. Maybe. This texter uh, says, I got a reminder on my calendar that this is the best time to treat for grubs since I heard on a recent previous Smart Garden show we have fewer grubs this year. Uh, The question is, should we treat this summer or not? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Yeah, this is about the time to treat for grubs. You are correct. And this is when the grubs are the smallest. So they've hatched, the eggs have hatched out in the soil that those adult Japanese beetles or June beetles uh, laid uh, a while ago. And now the grubs are tiny so that they are most susceptible to being treated. If you don't have any grub issues in your lawn, for example, you don't see any dead grass, uh, you know, it's just like a carpet. We say that a lot. You can just pull it right up because the grubs have chewed off the, um, the roots. But if, if you don't have a grub problem, then there's no reason to treat for a grub problem. So uh, examine your lawn, and there might be just a spot or two, an area that you want to treat. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't want to do any kind of pesticide application needlessly. So just be sure that you really do have an issue before you do any application. Let's do a little lightning round before we run out of time. Julia, please. Uh, is it okay to plant new perennials and shrubs now or wait? Uh, you can plant them now. Just be sure you water them well and protect the roots with, uh, with mulch. Okay. When can I transplant my variegated iris? Uh, Iris, boy, I think that is about now. I think it's July, so you can go ahead and transplant those. When can I oversee the lawn, and how many apple trees do you need on a property, and how close uh, do they have to be? Uh, okay, do the they lawn, have to be the same kind? Yeah, the lawn should be uh, overseeded in the fall, mm-hmm. and when the grasses are growing and when it's cooler, and then you need at least two kinds of different cultivars of apples, Or if you have a crab apple or your neighbor does, uh, you can just plant one apple tree. And you do need two different kinds of trees, two different cultivars, or a cultivar and a crab apple in order to cross-pollinate. Okay. Uh, This texter planted some butterfly weed from seed, got to about four inches tall, but now very shaded from surrounding plants. Should I leave it or try to move now to full sun? I would move it now while it's small. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, this listener's yellow peony develops seed pods after blooming. Can I plant those seeds and create new bushes? And if so, when could I do that? If your plant is a hybrid, which I'm kind of guessing it is, uh, it will you will get some characteristics in those seeds of the parents, of like one of the parents. So you will not get the exact same plant. Um, but you can try to. I would look up uh, on how to do that. Uh, you may have to wait till the seed pod dries a little bit more. But uh, take a look online about or talk to the Peony Society about how to gather those seeds, treat them appropriately, and then how to uh, grow them out. It would be kind of interesting. Uh, this listener has got a, a new should. Well, the question, I'll just read it. Should a person remove that bamboo pole that comes with a new tree? Uh, you want to stake new trees. Um, if they need it. So uh, you don't need to remove it. Um, it depends on the tree. If the tree doesn't need staking, you don't need to. But there are some good diagrams on staking newly planted trees, a little bit better than a pole alongside of it. So uh, look at our website on trees and shrubs under planting and staking. How do I trim my dogwood bushes? Very leggy, not sturdy, also not very red-stemmed. When to trim? Now? Uh, you could trim them uh, now, or you could wait a little while till it cools down a little bit. You want to actually take off the largest stems way down at the base of the plant so that you allow for new stems to grow up. And uh, those are going to, the newer, younger stems are probably going to have better color. There are some dogwood varieties that are more of a pink color, and uh, and so there, you may not have the right cultivar for the really bright red stems. Here, take a shot at this one. Why does my <laughs> tomato plant have only two tomatoes? Oh man! Well, it could be uh, lack of flowers. It could be fertilizer. It could be the heat. Uh, it could be uh, a number of different things. I think a lot of times uh, at this time of year, sometimes it gets almost too hot for tomatoes. So just be patient, and they should be reflowering some more. And another, well, this is not a question, it's a comment about the box elder nymphs. Uh, spray okay. soapy water on the box elder nymphs. They die. A little dawn, dish soap, and water does the trick. My mom's rock garden was swarmed by them. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that they uh, followed up on that because there's a great webpage in, uh, from our colleagues at uh, University of Nebraska. Backyard Farmer is their, uh, their extension outreach. And it's on box elder bugs, and they do talk about a, uh, a solution, a soapy solution. I would only caution you to spray that soapy solution uh, very, uh, like, early in the morning when it's cooler or at the end of the day because I, I, the problem with the middle of the day is that you spray that soap onto leaves, and it can burn the leaves of your plants. So got about uh, a, mi- a yeah, minute or so to— Oh, go ahead. No, uh, I was just <laughs> uh, looking— you go ahead and finish, and then I've okay. got a reminder. The spray, here's what they say on their website. The spray consists of a half cup of laundry detergent to one gallon of water applied by a hand sprayer or a squirt bottle directly on the box elder bugs as often as necessary. 60 seconds to go or so. Denny, if you can remind uh, Julie to remind folks the Hennepin County Master Gardeners Garden yes. Tours today. Yes. Okay. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. I did get an email about that, and I totally spaced it. But, uh, yes, it is a wonderful garden tour of Master Gardeners Gardens. And, you know, it takes a lot of work to be on a garden tour. So please uh, visit their website, Hennepin County Master Gardeners. Get your tickets, and it's a self-paced garden tour, Mm. and there's people at each of the gardens to give you information and to walk you through the garden.
Now, two things quickly. Uh, the university's website, please. And then uh, when can we see the abiders? I know it's tomorrow. <laughs> Extension.umn.edu. Click on Yard and Garden and, uh, and visit our web pages. And, yet we'll be at the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum tomorrow afternoon starting at 1.30 for Music in the Garden. We'll be located out at the Ordway Picnic Shelter across from the Sensory Garden. And uh, while you're there, take the day and visit the Arboretum and check out all the collections and the beautiful gardens. They're all in bloom, uh, and it, it's looking tremendous. So uh, come on out. It'll be Make fun. your reservations online. Make your reservations at arb.umn.edu. Even if you're a member, you need to have a reservation to get in. All right. Well, have fun tomorrow, Julie, and stay Thanks, cool. Thanks, Denny. You and, too. Uh, We'll talk soon, very soon. Thanks very much, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Mostly sunny, high near 85 today right now. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis here on 830-WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.